this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Happy International No Diet Day! Oh, what a treasured day. This day uh, was started in 1992 in uh, the UK uh, by a size acceptance group, and it kind of got spread through feminist circles. That's how I picked it up. Um, I didn't start, like, celebrating. I, I celebrated with friends low-key in the aughts, and then about 2009, I started actually throwing parties for International No Diet Day. Um, that first one was just, like, a potluck with a bunch of my friends, a lot of whom were involved in uh, body liberation activism with me at the time in Brooklyn, New York, in my friend's backyard. One of my favorite things to do, I've done this so many times, is throw a party in my friend's <laughs> At my friend's house. <laughs> oh, you have a big house? Oh, you have a great backyard in a place where not a lot of people have backyards? Oh, you have a loft space in the Bowery? My friend Zoe's loft in the Bowery. We've had some great parties there. Anyway, this one was in the backyard. We did a potluck of, like, everyone's favorite foods. And, like, really, it's just a day to reclaim our lives from the diet industry. Now, I will just say that this is... I reclaim my life from the diet industry every day. Um, and every time you choose to interrupt a critical thought about your body, um, every time you see a diet industry ad and roll your eyes or click this is offensive on Instagram or however you can do it where you're avoiding that kind of stuff or even just um, something I've found that's been helpful for me is when I watch things like old Friends episodes, right? Like episodes of things that are like full of casual fat phobia or casual homophobia, casual uh, whore phobia. There's so many phobias that Friends, in particular, this is just why I remember it's Friends because that one required me to do this. But even just naming it and sometimes naming it out loud with like whoever I'm watching with um, is such a powerful way to reclaim uh, your dignity <laughs> from the experience of these microaggressions. You know, like they, it's woven in into the fabric of our culture. That's why it's called diet culture. It's part of how we organize as human beings is just this idea there's something inherently wrong about our bodies that we need to fix. And the body liberation perspective on this and the perspective I would hope that you would adopt because I want you to live a free life feeling completely connected to the one and only body you're ever going to have. The idea is your body is worthy of love exactly as it is. There's nothing you have to change in order for it to be worthy. Uh, you can have goals for your body, I would encourage you to focus on goals that have to do with how you feel in your body and not about the size or the way your body interacts with gravity. Um, I just, the arbitrary focus on weight as an arbiter of worthiness or, um, you know, I'll be happy when I lose the weight or God, I remember thinking this all the time. Whenever I would go see my grandmother who in the end, ended up being one of my closest friends in my whole life. It's my dear, beloved grandmother, Anise. She um, was so judgmental about bodies and, like, appearance that, like, whenever... And I would see her so infrequently, and I loved her so much, and I wanted to please her. So every time I would be planning a trip to see her, because I grew up in the Bay Area in California, and she was down in Beverly Hills, darling, sweetheart. Um, she, every time I would plan a trip to see her, I would think about, okay, I need to lose X pounds before I see grandmother. And you know what? I never did. Um, cause diets, uh, inherently fail. And when you feel bad about yourself and feel shame about your body, it's not a motivator to make any kind of change. Shame creates weight gain, not weight loss. 
And since we live in a fat phobic society that's constantly putting pressure on us about our bodies, we live in a society where if shame worked to change behaviors, there would be no fat people because we live in a fat phobic society, right? If you create shameful circumstances, it doesn't change the outcomes. It just makes people feel bad and want to spend money on a $72 billion industry. These are new figures. Um, $72 billion industry in the diet industry. Um, also has a 98% failure rate, which means 98% of the people who diet gain back the weight or more within two years. So isn't that wild? Like if the, I always like to draw a parallel to the airline industry because if the airline industry had a 98% failure rate, we wouldn't fly anywhere. Um, there's so few, uh, industries that thrive in failure, but what the diet industry is capitalized on is repeat customers. Um, and I think we all know people who have had, uh, stomach amputation surgery, AKA bariatric surgery, um, who have gained the weight back. Um, and, and I know several people who have died from that surgery. Um, I know, I mean, listen, I, I'm not here to convince you not to diet. I'm here to just tell you how free you can be on the other side of hating your body. Um, I, I used to just think about like how I needed to impress people with changing my body and like everything about myself, like was an overachiever perfectionist. Um, I just really believed that I needed to prove something. And then the best thing that ever happened on that journey was that I just made a decision. This is when the boat started to turn. When I was 19 years old, I made a decision that I wasn't going to hate myself so much anymore. I didn't even know like about body liberation or fat activism. I didn't know any happy fat people actually at that time. Um, it took me until I was 22 to meet people who were fat, queer femmes who loved themselves. And I was like, what, what is this? How is, what is this alternate universe? Wait, this is possible. And so I started to fake it till I made it right. Um, in those early days of like not wanting to hate myself anymore, I did things that I knew would make me feel better. Like, um, I started doing dance aerobics again. I started, um, really just trying to be more cheerful intentionally. Um, and that honestly, that work I'm still doing, I'm still working on Cause there's plenty of days I don't feel like doing something. Um, I don't even feel like recording my podcast half the time. I mean, not that I don't love it and I don't love, I love connecting with all of you and doing this work, but it's just like in the moment, right? If you ask me what I feel like doing most of the time, it's just sitting down and hanging out with my cat. Um, and so I'm hanging out with my cat and all of you right now. Uh, he's mad about it. He's sitting on, on my desk, just staring at me. Um, and by desk, I live in a tiny house. It is my one and only table. Uh, anyway, so all that to say, I worked hard to not hate myself. And then when I figured out just by example from other people that it was possible for me to live in a fat body and not hate it, I started doing that work too. But it took me till I was like 31 to understand that my thought life was really the problem because I had gotten to the point where I love my body and I was surrounded by enough fat people that I felt like, uh, I don't know. I just felt empowered and embodied. You know, there is something really potent if you've been, um, oppressed and marginalized your whole life to finally find community with people who have a similar, um, experience of life as you. Uh, and I, it's funny because I mistook that early kinship with other fat people based on our shared fat experience with being able to trust people. And that's actually not true. <laughs> trust is earned over time. Um, and don't just hop into trusting people just because they're also fat. I'll tell you that. I learned that from uh, the hard way from trusting the wrong people. Um, but it's also good. There's plenty of trustworthy fat people out there too and trustworthy 
all sorts of size people. Today I was looking through the pictures from my party, Rebel Cupcake, which was a body positive queer dance party that I started just at the same time as I was doing this thought life stuff. So I'd been doing body liberation activism for a long time. I'd been doing drag performance and um, I had a podcast at the time I was blogging and then I started throwing this monthly party. I felt so nervous about it, but I just, I, because like, I was like, who am I to throw monthly? Like, do I even know enough people to support a monthly party? But I also felt so called to create space in nightlife because I felt, I felt a type of home when I was with queer people at like these dive bar takeovers or like whatever, right? This nightlife circuit that was happening in Brooklyn and Manhattan in like I would say circa 2009, that's when I was brewing this party. 2010 is when I launched it on International No Diet Day, May 6th. So I was kind of in this space where I was offered uh, a night at a bar, a Thursday night. Uh, Thursday is the, the night I record my podcast. Thursday is the night that I started teaching Fat Kid Dance Party when I, when I launched that in 2017. Uh, so it's always been a real sacred night for me. And I don't know if it's just because I'm just inherently a party girl uh, and like, this is the night that really kicks off the weekend when you live a party girl lifestyle. I think it is. I think that's why it was always Thursday, but, um, that was the night I was offered, uh, to start Rebel Cupcake. And so I was just like, here we go. Here's where we're going to stick fat people into nightlife in New York city and see if this can be a thing. And you know what? It was like, it went on monthly for a few years and then Sugarland, the dive bar, I was doing it. At, I was uh, producing it at. It was such a cool bar because like it had a stage and a DJ booth and like a lot of places you could be, some grottos for making out. Um, and, and honestly, just kind of an anything goes queer vibe, which is perfect. And I was looking through the pictures to post on my Instagram. I posted a few photos. You can go look. Uh, my Instagram is Bevan's Party, if you don't know. Um, and today's date is May 6, 2021. So just look for today for that date. Um, anyway, if you scroll through, like what was cool looking through the pictures is, yes, there were a lot of fat people and it was a party that centered fat people, but it actually had people from all sizes because I truly think um, diet culture affects everybody and having a liberated space is liberating for everyone. And that's always what I've tried to do with my gatherings and, um, and everything I've done is just to try to make space for everyone to find their own freedom amongst us, right? You already belong. Here you are. We're going to have a great time. Part of what I did with Rebel Cupcake was I had a performance. Um, it was a, usually less than a half hour. Um, and most be, mostly I did the performance because I know the power of creating space, um, through convening. Um, and so like, rather than it just being like a dance party that people kind of roll in, roll out of, which was the typical format, um, and in Brooklyn at that time, uh, I did it specifically. So like there was a roll in hour and we played R and B and riot girl music. It's, this is actually true it, because these are jams that people can listen to. You're getting a little bit of a groove and you're able to talk to people and connect and make friends. That was like kind of what that, that hour was. And then about, so it started at 10 PM. I can't believe it started at 10 PM. Now that I'm like winding down my day <laughs> at like nine or 10 PM, 10 PM feels late. Um, but anyway, it started at 10 PM. We had that hour and then we would do a performance from 11 to 1130 or so. Uh, and then we would have a dance party and there were, were lots of themes. But what I loved about it is that looking through the pictures, it was people from like all walks of life and very, very diverse body sizes, because that's the point. Like everybody who has a body is targeted by body oppression in some way. Um, even people who have like kind of classically, 
um, you know, like culturally affirmed body types, like they're thin, able-bodied, white, cisgender, um, right? Like all of those things. Plus there's others like class really factors on the body, I think. Um, anyway, everything intersects on the body essentially. And even people in a privileged position experience stress because they don't want to suddenly be marginalized because think about it. You're only ever temporarily able-bodied. And, you know, anything can happen to your body. And we're all aging. It's wild that we buy into this system that creates a body currency, that creates higher value uh, for certain types of bodies that doesn't allow other bodies. Um, and that when you buy into that system, that means you can get kicked out of that system just by virtue of getting older, which everyone does if you're lucky, right? It's wild. So now... Um, Part of why I do this work and why I talk about this stuff is because I want people to have the opportunity to get free faster than I did. Because I just kind of stumbled through this. Like, I, I never set the intention, you know what, I want to love my body. I just set the intention that I wanted to stop hating myself so much. I knew that it was taking away from who I could be in this world and um, and my experience of the world. And I just, I had read a book that had a main character that didn't like herself and I saw myself reflected in it and it grossed me out and I didn't like it. So I changed and that's kind of how life is, right? Like you get, um, you create some contrast and then you, uh, realize there's a new way to be. Um, the thought life work I started when I was 31, I'm still working on, and I think I'll be working on until the end of days was really paying attention to how I talk to myself because I was very self-critical and self-abusive. And I'm really working on being the kind of person who talks to myself the way I talk to other people. If you are my friend and we've ever had an interaction, you have heard me gas you up. I love to tell people how great they are, tell people what I appreciate about them, what I admire about them. Um, I don't hold back on that anymore. Um, my friends, a lot of my friends have died and that really, like that seasoned me. Like when I was about 27, my friends started dying early. Um, and I just, I recognize your days are not guaranteed to you. Um, I recognized like how important, that's when I started saying I love you to everyone at the end of pretty much every conversation. Cause it's true. I love you. I love you right there. Listening. If you are taking the time to sit with me on a podcast, you are already my friend. I love you. Thank you for being here friend. Um, and thank you for being willing to open your mind about different ways to think about having a body. Um, so the thought life stuff, I just never was engaged in it until I, until I was made aware that, oh, actually the way you think is super important and it really creates how you experience life. So working on my thought life, um, is still an ongoing thing. Um, I love the mantra, all bodies are good bodies when I recognize toxic thoughts. Um, and I will also say this, I wish I had started meditation as a real practice and stuck to it when I started this thought life stuff, because I think being a regular meditator, which I can say I've been a daily meditator at least for the last, I think, four years. Um, and then in 2019, I had a really hard year. And so I was meditating like an hour a day that year. And honestly, like sometimes when your life really sucks, meditation is the only way to get away from the suck part because you can get, it's a practice of getting into the present moment where things do not suck in the present moment, right? Like if you're, if you're sitting and meditating, that experience can suck. You can recognize suck feelings coming up through you, but the point is to be the observer of your thoughts and emotions and let them flow. And I think sometimes getting control of your thoughts means being the observer of your thoughts and not necessarily like having your thoughts thinking you, which is, I think, what my experience was before I started getting super conscious of thought life. 
Um, and even as I was conscious of thought life, I wasn't really doing the practice. Um, it's taken me a long time to understand how much habits really change my experience of the world for the better. Um, and, oh, I mean, I'm also a Virgo North node and a Virgo rising. So order and service are things that are really helpful for me. And service is my big motivator. I'm, I'm not money motivated. If I was, I would still be a practicing lawyer. Um, I am service motivated and like, it's so fun because when I was doing Rebel Cupcake, I, I don't know how many hours a week I spent on this one monthly party, but it was a lot. And, um, I was doing my law practice probably about 10, 15 hours a week and it was supporting my art and activism work and like all the other stuff I was doing, community organizing, um, all the things. So I'm grateful that I had that opportunity and I'm also grateful that I stepped away from practicing law so I could focus on really bringing what I was meant to bring to the world, which is truly just this idea that you can get free in your mind and your body and experience joy from it. Um, something that I didn't understand when I got early into sort of canceling diet culture in my head and uprooting diet culture out of my head was just this idea. I mean, and it was because I did it before I got spiritual. So now that I'm a spiritual person and really God-centered, um, I just recognize our bodies as gifts of, from God that are unique in all of time and space. Like, there are no two snowflakes alike. There are no two human beings, human bodies uh, alike. And um, I just want you to know that you're unique for a reason. Your body exists for a reason. And whatever body hair, skin conditions, um, size, stretch marks, whatever you have going on with your body is just the part of the beautiful quilt that is you. Right. And again, you can have goals about your body and goals about how you want to feel. And I would encourage you to take some steps on your list of things you want to do to feel better and experience a freer life every single day, just a little bit every day, just kind of expanding who, who it's possible for you to be. Um, and I really want to suggest the book, my Bo the body is not an apology by Sonia Renee Taylor so good. A new edition just came out in March. So like a month and a half ago. Wow. How is it already May? I feel like time is hurtling forward, even as we're in second pandemic May and it feels like it will never end. Um, and it's still dangerous to go out even with a vaccine. Uh, it still feels like time is going really fast. So in no time, it will be the roaring twenties and we can just party like it's 1999 again. Um, only it will be like 2022, right? Uh, anyway, so The Body is Not an Apology, such a good book. There's a workbook out now. I haven't read the new edition, but I feel I feel so confident in Sonia. Um, Sonia Renee's like, ability to continue to grow and adapt, and the world is changing. I, I mean, time feels like it's hurtling, but the world feels like it's changing in such a rapid rate. And it's not just feels like it is. Just look at technology. Um that I'm really grateful that this incredible book is getting an update. Um, and hopefully we'll continue to get updates because every edition will just sell like hotcakes and um, more people will get liberated and get free in their minds and their bodies, which is really what I want for you and what I want for your friends. So on International No Diet Day, I'm so glad we got to have a little slumber party vibe together, just a little heart to heart. Um, I had a whole different episode planned, but then I realized it was International No Diet Day, the 11th anniversary of starting Rebel Cupcake, and I just wanted to acknowledge this and just remind you of the sacredness of your body um, and how important it is to figure out how to talk to yourself and to relate to your body. And it's never too late, I think. It's never too late to have a happy childhood. It is never too late to renew, refresh, restore a beautiful 
co-creative relationship with your body. Um, our bodies just do so many amazing things for us. Our hearts pump, we breathe, we don't even have to think about it. We cut our arm and it just heals. Like it just, we just have the, the knowing, our bodies just know how to heal and mend. It's wild and amazing. And like now I just had my second shot of the coronavirus vaccine. Um, I'm not ready to be vaccine yet. Um, I'm still like deeply social distancing. I'm just, I don't know. I just don't want to pass things in my nostril. And for me, staying at home was always about the collective good and not being part of passing disease from person to person. And since you can still carry it in your nasal cavities from what I know at this point, May 6, 2021, who knows what I'll know tomorrow, but it feels like it's still too dangerous to like go out and like breathe near people. But you know, maybe one household at a time in a caution, cautious way, I will be ready to be vaccine. But my second shot, I felt like I honestly, like I'm so hydrated. I'm a very hydrated person, but I definitely felt big, big, big symptoms. I was like, there was like moments during my big symptoms. It was, a, it lasted about 30 hours. So I think I had a relatively heavy second shot experience, which I will attribute to my incredible immune system. Um, just being like, what the F is this? Get this out of here. Let's burn it off with a fever and chills. Um, but there was some, there was a little touch and go for a while. But, um, anyway, I'm grateful that I set myself up for days off so that I could binge watch TV. I binge watch sister wives, dealing with the coronavirus pandemic in their lives. So it was like I was watching them a year earlier dealing with coronavirus as it was new while I was experiencing second pandemic April. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is going to last a lot longer than y'all think. Remember when we thought it was going to be 12 weeks? Um, anyway, I love you all so much. I love your sacred body. I love the only body that you're ever going to have. And if you want to support this podcast and or just do some Zoom aerobics with me, please join my Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash fkdp. It's a membership support site that uh, enables creators like me to create work that's of value to folks like you. Um, I create Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which is for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. If you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt too awkward to dance, this is the supportive class for you. I started it in the spirit of Rebel Cupcake, but what if I could turn my four-hour party into one hour and we all actually were on the dance floor moving? Um, aerobics is a lot harder than throwing a nightlife party, I'll say that. Um, there's a lot more choreography and, um, you know, mechanics and physiology that's involved in it. But I took on that task. I created my aerobics class. It is unlike anything else in the whole wide world. Um, I love doing it and truly Patreon is the only way I'm able to sustain it. Um, this membership support site has been like clutch in me during COVID times because I was touring it throughout the U.S. Um, I haven't been to Canada yet. Um, but I was touring it and then all of that got canceled because of the pandemic. And here we are doing it on zoom. It's so much fun. Every Saturday we get together from all across the world, Australia, Spain, the U S Canada, um, Scotland, Germany once like the UK. Anyway, uh, we get together no matter time or space and we all convene on zoom. We dance and then we connect and talk about self care. It's been so great. I've been posting little blog posts on fatkiddanceparty.com, just reflecting on, our conversations because there's always some gems that rise up of like what is self-care and um, giving rise to just reminding me what is self-care um, but I think self-care is really the road to true liberation um, it's taking time for you uh, to be the best kind of you that you are right and for me like 
the centering question of what does my body want um, and really centering that has helped uh, get my mental health in order um, and create a better experience of life that's more easeful, a lot simpler. Um, gosh, my life was so chaotic when I was focused on drama and proving my worthiness and like proving out all of my overachiever perfectionist desires. Like it was just, it was too much for me to have a sacred beautiful life in the body that I have and made me physically and mentally ill. And now here I am thriving because um, I'm keeping it real simple. So I love you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk next week.